Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Church, open up your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 19. Today's message is one that I believe applies to all of us, and it's one that we think about quite a bit. It's about God protecting us. Do you ever feel you need protection? In many ways, when we hear about that, we start thinking about carrying a gun. You think about locking your doors, carrying uh, uh, pepper spray. Uh, just, just go down the list, a ring doorbell, any way to protect yourself. But there's going to be many times in our life where we are going to find ourselves vulnerable. And there's as much protection we want from folks and other things in our life is just not going to be enough, and we are going to be dependent upon the Lord. We are wrapping up today a sermon series on the young life of David, and we're here at this scene where David found himself where only God could protect him. In many ways, we find ourselves in the same situation. Do you know there's a crime wave going across the United States? Even here in our, our wonderful city, crime is on the rise. Um, as you know, Sherry and I, we like to run. We started running a few years ago. I'm sorry. I started running a few years ago. She's been running many years. And just in Memphis, we've been following a young lady who was murdered about a week ago. It was tragic what happened. And even this past week, Sherry said, maybe I need to start carrying mace and pepper spray when I go out running. You know, a few years ago, didn't even think about that. At least I didn't think about that. But you're wondering, if you're out by yourself, what could happen? And even if you're in law enforcement, this, just this week on, off Tate's Creek Road, one of our wonderful police officers was shot. He, he p- didn't pass away, but the fact that folks are shooting in our law enforcement here in Lexington, that shows we need the Lord's protection. And it can happen to any of us. And this isn't an anti-crime message, but when we think about protection, we need to think about there will be times that even when we take every precaution possible, we have to trust our lives and our day and our whereabouts and what we do completely with the Lord. Your children, your grandchildren, they need God's protection. You need to be praying for the Lord to protect them. So before we turn, I want to, in your bulletin, I want to read just um, or mention some of the things we're going to read about who God brought in David's life to protect him. That way, when we read this, you kind of know what we're going to see. And if God uses these people in David's life, folks, he uses them in your life as well. David had a very close friend named Jonathan. Jonathan was Saul's son. Jonathan protected David's life. In fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 15, 22, that plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. When you have surrounded yourself by people who give you godly wisdom, that, that provides protection in your life. When, when you don't seek counsel, when you feel you know it all, and you just do whatever, you can self-destruct very quickly and make poor choices. So, God brings friends, co-workers, uh, people in your, your path, 
to give you godly wisdom in what to do. And that's what Jonathan was. Not only that, Miguel, his wife. You want to listen to your wife. You want to listen to your husband. Miguel protected David. Now, Miguel was not the most godly lady. She actually had household idols. She broke the second commandment. But God did use her to save David's life. And we're going to see that story right there. Your pastor, Samuel. Samuel was the spiritual leader of Israel. David went to go, when he was running from Saul, we're going to see, he goes to see Samuel. Samuel had broke away from Saul because Saul was disobedient from God. So Saul went back home and went and just served the Lord back home. Well, David then went there and received spiritual guidance. You should listen to those that your Sunday school teacher, your ministers, people whom God has placed in your life to teach about God's word. When we don't do that, we're, we're telling the Lord, it says, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't care what people say to me. I'm doing whatever. When in fact, God brought Samuel into David's life to protect him. But then there's going to come times in our life, and this is where this story we're going to read here truly is amazing, where David, all these people, could only provide limited protection. Saul was so determined to kill this young man, the Lord had to step in and protect David. And that's one of the great things about being a believer. God will protect your life. God will comfort your life. Do you know yesterday I had the opportunity to go to serve Lex Saturday, and I went to um, Sayer Christian Village. I went to several different, in fact, I went to all the different sites. I was there as a photographer, maybe not a worker, but I was there uh, visiting all the different sites, and I was at Sayre Christian Village, and I spoke to uh, a a gentleman I was sitting at a table with, and he was telling me six weeks ago that his wife had passed away, and it was sad, and he was by her side, and he walked through that long journey uh, with her as, as... dealing with dementia and just going um, going on, as he described it, as a, it was a roller coaster that would go up a little bit, but it ultimately was always going down. And that's where he, he landed there when she passed away. And he was telling me how the Lord, during that entire time, he put the Lord's presence upon him. And the Lord gave him strength. The Lord guided him through that. And there's times in our life where as much as we love our spouses, we love our friends, and we love our, our, our church family, there's times that only the Lord is there for you. Because this gentleman, he can't go to church anymore. He's in a care facility. His wife's gone to be with the Lord, and he, he doesn't get a lot of visitors like he used to. And now he told me he only has the Lord. And there's going to be times in our life, this is why our relationship with the Lord is of utmost importance when all the other things fell, not necessarily fell, but they just can't protect us anymore because death is always going to, we're, we're, we're going that way. Our life is in the hand, hands of the Lord. And that's what we're about to see right here. 1 Samuel chapter 19. The Bible tells us here, Saul ordered his son Jonathan and all his servants to kill David. But Saul's son Jonathan liked David very much. So he told him, My father, Saul, intends to kill you. 
Be on your guard in the morning and hide in the secret place and stay there. So apparently, there was this secret place that Jonathan and David had made an arrangement that they would hide from, and Saul would not find David in this secret place. And he says in the morning, because probably Saul, he's made this decision, he's about to go to bed, he's going to wake up first thing in the morning and kill David. And Jonathan is aware of this. Verse 3, I'll go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are and talk to him about you. When I see what he says, I'll tell you. We're going to stop right there. I'm, uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to summarize the next few uh, verses. Then we're going to pick up in a little bit in verse 9. Saul listened to Jonathan, but not very long, just briefly. And David then was allowed to come back and play his instrument in Saul's house. But then it didn't, uh, it didn't go very well because Saul again threw his spear and tried to kill David. David got away and had to run away from this. And what, what happened here is uh, God's hand was upon David and he used Jonathan to protect him with that. And the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5.8, that we have an enemy around us. It says we need to be sober-minded and alert. Your adversary, who is our adversary? Scripture tells us our adversary is the devil, and he's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking, looking for anyone he can devour. And in David's case right here, David has been chosen to be the next king. God has a great plan for this young man's life. And Saul, out of his jealousy, is determined to kill this young man. And just like in our life, the Lord has chosen you. The Lord has saved you. The Lord has a great plan for you. And we need to be aware that our adversary, the devil, wants to destroy your life. Say, what do you mean, Pastor? The devil might not destroy you externally. I mean, he might not kill you. But I want to tell you how people ruin their lives. It's self-destruction. They make such poor life choices that they actually just destroy themselves from within. Notice it says, be sober-minded. Meaning they, you can't even think, think clearly if you're on certain things. Be alert. Meaning you're oblivious to the, to the roaring lion around you. There are so many folks that we know, maybe even our families, that they have destroyed their lives through self-destruction. And that's why I believe God has raised up Jonathan here to protect young David from his father. So David is finding himself on the run. Do you know, I think about my testimony. I was saved when I was 15 years old. And many times when you hear about a testimony, you hear about someone who was on skid row, who had a drug problem, who had a sexual immorality problem, who had a gambling problem, who beat up their family, whatever their problem was, God saved them from that lifestyle. And the Lord has the saving power to transform anyone's life. Now, when we live that way, we still pay the consequences of those sins. God can save anyone. The consequences, the earthly consequences remain. But I believe the greatest testimony, and my testimony 
As I was saved when I was 15 years old, and about 15 years old, that's when typically boys start making bad decisions, sometimes sooner. But they, start going, they can start going down a road that can really lead to self-destruction and poor choices. Do you know, uh, I was telling Sherry, I was, I was reading the news this morning on the internet. You know, I guess you can believe the internet news. And I actually know where State Street is here in our city. And the reason I know is because it's behind Shriners Hospital where we take Esther to, to go to her physical therapy sometimes. So I'm a very aware when I pull out of the hospital, there's State Street right there. I've driven down it before. And I was telling Sherry, I said, Sherry, they burned couches and furniture on State Street last night in Lexington celebrating UK's big football win. And then Elizabeth was saying, I, she said, uh, you know, who would do that? I said, no one over 21 was probably down there burning couches. And then Sherry spoke and said, they're probably not even that old uh, down there burning couches. So it's probably 18 and 19-year-olds were burning furniture down the road right here. Well, when you're an 18 or 19-year-old boy, that's what you do. I mean, that's how you think. You wake up in the morning, let's go, let's go catch stuff on fire in the city. I mean, that's just the logical thinking of a young man that age. Maybe men, some of you thought that way. I was saved when I was 15 years old, and my testimony is one of the keeping power of God. Meaning, I didn't, I didn't go through a lot of the things that uh, people possibly went through when they were young and they made poor choices. I watched the hand of the Lord protect and keep me from sin. And that one of the great things about God is so many testimonies is look what God saved me from, and He can. He can save you from anything. He can pull you out of the mess of the sin, of the self-destruction that so many folks live in. But then there's also the keeping power of God. Look what God kept me from. And I believe that's a testimony. You want to teach your children, your grandchildren, when they are young, great-grandchildren, you should instruct them. says, God can keep you. God can protect you. You don't have to go through all of this. You don't have to have a road to redemption of 10 lost years in your life of nonstop sin. That's not necessary. God protects us. And that's a testimony that the Lord is doing with David right here. The amazing story with David. David was most righteous when he was a young man. When he was on the run. When someone was trying to kill him. When he was trying to have a force to be relied upon. It was only until he was well up in years, 50, 60 years old, that he committed adultery with Bathsheba when he had the great success. At this point in David's life, he was faithful to God. He was experiencing the Lord's protection. I would even go so far saying, David was more godly and more righteous as a young man than as an old man. As he aged, he actually drifted away from the Lord. Young David is who we want to look up to. Young David is the one God chose and is protecting at this point. So keep going here in your Bibles. We're going to move along. Pick up in verse 9. Now David is being protected by Jonathan. But not only did Jonathan, God used his close friend to protect David, God uses his wife. And I want to tell you something. God speaks to you through your husband, your wife, maybe if you're dating, your boyfriend and girlfriend, 
when they are speaking and sharing on behalf of the Lord, we should listen to them. Folks, if you have a, a wife or a boyfriend or girlfriend, and they are inviting you to church, inviting you to Sunday school, inviting you to a, have a daily quiet time with them, folks, you should listen to that. Why would you not? Why, God might be using the very person you love the most to help increase your faith. God brings a man and a woman together with the purpose of serving the Lord and growing spiritually together. That's the purpose of marriage. Marriage is something that was created and ordained by the Lord. God performed the first marriage with Adam and Eve. And their purpose was for them to serve the Lord together. The family that worships, the family that reads the Bible, the family that goes to does devotionals together. Folks, that's the family that stays together. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That should be your statement at home. It's wonderful. It's a blessing to have a godly spouse. If you are dating someone and you can't get them to even go to church, if you can't even get them to come and read the Bible with you or talk about the Lord or do some missions together, you really need to step back and say, God, should I even be dating this person? Should I even be this close to this person if they have such little interest in the things of God? Well, David here, he had a wife named Miguel, and she protected him. Look at verse 9. 1 Samuel 19, verse 9. Now an evil spirit sent from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his palace holding a spear. Anytime Saul's holding a spear, it's bad news. He's holding his spear. David was playing the lyre. Saul tried to pin David to the wall with the spear. Goodness. As the spear struck the wall, David eluded Saul, ran away, and escaped that night. Saul sent agents to David's house to watch for him and kill him in the morning. So again, Saul, apparently, he always liked to murder people in the morning. So here we are in the morning again. He sent these spies to watch for David because he knew first thing in the morning, they're following him. They're going to kill David. But his wife, Miguel, warned David, if you don't escape tonight, you will be dead tomorrow. So she lowered David from the window, and he fled and escaped. And Miguel took the household idol and put it on the bed placed some goat hair on its head, and covered it with a garment. Now, this is what's amazing. You know, even if your spouse doesn't have their whole life together spiritually, God can still use them. Miguel had a household idol. An idol breaks the second commandment. An idol is an object that we worship. Now, our idols today might not look like the idols back then, but idols today would be things in our life that come before the Lord. You don't even realize you're worshiping an idol. It's something, you, um, it's something you spend way too much time with, thinking about, focusing on, spending money on. It's a devotion. So she had a household idol. Where did this young lady learn to get a household idol? You all know where she learned it from? Her dad. Her father was King Saul. David had married. Because David killed Goliath, he was entitled to marry Saul's daughter. The Bible tells us, we won't turn there, 
But back in 1 Samuel 15, 23, the Bible tells us that Saul had household idols. He had idols in his home. So what, what Miguel, this young lady growing up, she saw the king of Israel. He's even got an idol stashed away off to the side over here. And she knew about it. So what does she do when she grows up? She also has a household idol. Listen, parents, grandparents, what we have in our home, our children, our grandchildren will have in their home. What they see mom and dad do, what they see grandpa and grandma do, and great-grandma and great-grandpa, they will do likewise. Children follow the footsteps of their parents. Moms, dads, if you don't go to church, if you don't read your Bible, if, 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 if the Lord is not a priority in your home, it will not be a priority in your children's home. And that's what we see right here. Miguel, David, David is a godly man, but he's married to a woman who's hiding idols in her house. So even in David's home, it wasn't squeaky clean. His wife was breaking the second commandment. David was probably one of those guys that when he found one, he'd throw it away. But, you know, his wife kept getting them again. He would get rid of it and just kept coming back. So the Lord is going to use Miguel to save David. The Bible says here, verse 14, When Saul sent agents to seize David that morning, Miguel said, He's sick. Saul sent the agents back to see David and said, Bring him on his bed so I can kill him. So what happened? The agents knock on the door and say, oh, David can't come to the door right now. He's sick. So they go back and report. Saul goes, he's sick? What, does he need to be well when I kill him? He's about to die. Whether he's sick or well, or about to throw a spear through him, it doesn't matter if he's sick. If he's sick, pick up the bed and bring the bed down through Jerusalem. We're going to kill him. Like, that's what Saul's saying here. Agents, what are y'all doing? This is crazy that y'all are even telling me about what it was... He needs to take some medicine before I kill him. So Saul is determined to kill this man. They're going to carry the bed down the aisle. So it says here in verse, um, in verse 15, Saul sent the agents back to see David and said, bring him, to me, bring him to me on his bed so I can kill him. When the agents arrived, to their surprise, the household idol was on the bed with some goat hair on its head. Saul asked Miguel, why did you deceive me like this? You sent my enemy away, and he has escaped. She answered him. He said to me, let me go. Why should I kill you? Probably she lied right there. She's passing it off, saying, Dad, it wasn't my fault. This man, you know, he said this. David wasn't, in, David wasn't the one that was told he had to leave. God is using his wife saying, hey, you need to get out. We're going to slip out the back window here, and you need to run away. Notice how she blames it. She wasn't the most godly wife, but God did use her to protect young David. It says here, she answered him, he said to me, let me go, why should I kill him? Verse 18, so David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah. So now, notice, Jonathan protected him. Now his wife protected him. Now we're going to his pastor, the prophet of the nation, Samuel. So we're going to Ramah. So he, he fled 
then he, David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him everything Saul had done to him. Then he and Samuel left and stayed at Namoth. <clears throat> when it was reported to Saul that David was at Namoth and Ramoth, he sent agents to seize David. So we're going to stop right there. and We're going to pick this up. So now we're about to see how God, what he's done at this point, is he has one after another, we're watching David. He lost his friend Jonathan. Jonathan saved his life, but Jonathan paid a price. His wife, obviously she protected him, slipped out the back door, but now she's paying a price. She had to lie to her father on behalf. So Saul now is closing in on David. And there's times in our life, this is really where this message, there's times where all the protection around us, the money, the stock market, our health, our family, our spouse, folks, one by one, it's crumbling. And you're thinking, you know, it's, it's, it's approaching on me. And you're coming to the end. And it, and it says right here, picking back up in verse 19, or verse 20, he sent agents to seize David. These agents are people who are to capture David from Saul and kill him, bring him back to Saul so he could kill him right there. And this is, a, this is a true miracle in the Bible. This is phenomenal what God is going to do. God will fight your battles. God goes before you. When you are truly at your wit's end, and you have no one and anyone left to turn to, folks, we have the Lord. And God will get us at times in our life where all we have to cling to is Jesus. And say, Lord, you are, it. You are all I have now in my life. It's you or nothing. And this is where David is at. He's with the prophet Samuel. And they're seizing, sending these agents. So he sent the agents to seize David. However, when they saw the group of prophets prophesying with Samuel leading them, the Spirit of God came on Saul's agents. And they also started prophesying. Okay, where, where is this at? Saul's base there in Jerusalem. About three, four miles north is Ramah. That's where Samuel's from. Samuel is from this community that's kind of a very uh, where he would train prophets. So the agents are showing up, and they're going to find David, and they see these people prophesying. Prophesying in the Bible would mean they're praising God, they're singing spiritual songs, they're proclaiming the greatness of God. So the agents show up to capture David. Instead of being a killer, they start prophesying along with the prophets. So you see, the Lord says, okay, you've come here to kill, but now I'm going to take your evil intentions to kill, and you're going to start praising God. This happened to Saul, who became Paul in the New Testament. He left Jerusalem to go to Damascus to kill believers up there he uh, he's on his way he meets jesus on the damascus road and instead of killing the people that he was going through he was baptized by them and he starts teaching them about the bible folks that's like someone who's coming to church to kill but instead of killing they become the preacher it's the exact opposite of what you were expecting the person it's truly a 180-degree turn. So these, these agents, 
These special agents are now doing what Samuel is doing. He's training the prophets. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon them. Verse 21, when they reported to Saul, he sent other agents, and they also began prophesying. So the second group became prophets. So Saul tries again. He sends a third group of agents, and even they began prophesying. So these people, every time Saul... Saul is so blind that he is working against the Lord. Every group I send up there, they become prophets. He's he's making prophet after prophet, every group. And they start praising God, talk about the greatness of God. The Spirit of the Lord has come upon them. And they can't kill. They throw down their weapons and start singing praises to God. And this is a a true miracle by the Lord. This is where the Lord is truly protecting David. Now, this is what's phenomenal right here. So Saul himself, he's thinking, "Uh uh-uh, enough of this. And there's times in our life where where we truly need the Lord's help. And this is when David needed it. Saul, the Bible says, Saul himself, in verse 22, went to Ramah. This is where David's at. This is where the prophet Samuel is at. He came to the large cistern at Siku and asked, Where are Samuel and David? Folks, he's there to kill. At Namoth in Ramoth, someone said. So he went to Namoth in Ramoth. The Spirit of God came upon him. It had been a long time since the Spirit of God came upon Saul. The Spirit of God came upon Saul. And as he walked along, he prophesied until he entered Namoth and Ramoth. The king came to kill David. And then he also began prophesying. Saul is now, and you talk about everyone knew Saul wanted to kill David. And now he's singing about the greatness of God. The reason why this was a mer- such a miracle, Saul was not known for his religious commitment to the Lord. Saul was not renowned in his devotion to God. Saul had been rejected by the Lord, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon this man to actually really protect the Lord's anointed. God in our life will actually protect us from people and things that seek to destroy us. Even at the last moment the man walks into the city and begins being a prophet verse 24 last bible verse here this is how the lord mocked saul in this saul then removed his clothes and also prophesied before samuel saul takes his clothes off these are his kingly clothes he doesn't even realize what he's doing that's a sign of really shame he's taking off his clothes and he's standing before samuel prophesying he's taken off his kingly uh kingly robe and he's put it to the side and he's he doesn't have any clothes on the bible says he collapsed and lay naked all day long and all that night that is why they say is saul also among the prophets that statement is saul also among the prophets saying of all the people you would not expect saul to be a prophet he's the most unlikely person Folks, that's the power of God in our life. God can take the most unlikely person and make them among the prophets. So this morning for us, what does this mean for us? This 
This phrase here, prophecy, it means he began praising God. God has transformed his life. He shows up as a killer. He arrives as a worshiper. This means for us, when people even have um, evil intentions against us, when we feel like we have problems and challenges in our life, folks, there's many frequent times we have to fully trust the Lord. Because there's no other protection anywhere else. Our hands, our life, is in God's hand. This morning, God is telling you and I that we need the Lord's protection. Your family needs the Lord's protection. Your grandchildren needs the Lord's protection. David needed the Lord. There was only so much that his wife, his friend, and even his pastor could do for him. There's only so much you can do for your spouse, your children, and even I can do for you. There's times we solely need the Lord. This morning, we live in a day, we live in a time where all of us daily say, Lord, protect me. Lord, shield me. Lord, keep me from sin. We want to ask God for the keeping power of His life. Our testimony is, Lord, look what you kept me from. Look how I walked through this, this death, this loss, this sad event in my life. And Lord, I experienced your power. Do you know, I can only imagine what David and Samuel were thinking to watch the king of Israel who shows up in their city to kill them. And there he is laying, praising the Lord on the floor at their feet. Talking about how great God is. And they truly realize this is the Lord protecting me. And there's going to be times in our life where we witness the Lord's protection. And many of us could go around this auditorium, this sanctuary, telling stories about how God protected you and your family in challenging situations where your back was against a wall, where it was, where it was a difficult time, and the Lord's hand was there. This morning I invite you to say, God, keep me from sin. Keep my life in your hands. Lord, don't let me self-destruct. Lord, don't let me walk down a road that's going to just find myself out of church, out of your will, on the sidelines of so many folks are. We give our lives, we give our hands, we give ourselves to the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. We're going to have our... We're going to have our hymn of invitation. We're going to respond to God. I'm going to invite you to come down here. I'm going to invite Brother Hurd, if you'll come down here with me. This morning, some of you, you need the protection of God in your life. You need the keeping power, the saving power of the Lord. And folks, if he can do it with David, young David, he can do it with you this morning. You come take my hand. You come take Brother Hurd's hand. Say, Pastor, I want to get saved. I want to experience God's presence and the keeping power of my life. Folks, some of you need to make Broadway your church home. This is your time. You can join our church this morning. We're going to stand and sing, and David's going to lead us in our song. Brother Hurd and I are down here waiting for you to respond. Have you been to God?